You know, Lou, every Tuesday, I wake up a little bit giddy. So Tuesday's oh. the day we record. It is. And I wake up, and I, I'm a little excited. I'm like, I get to sit down over Zoom and just figure things out. Yeah, you Hash well, things out. You know, this podcast game, it can be a bit stressful at times. The anxiety can get to you, you know. Uh, it's that constant worry, am I going to have content for this coming year? And you get reminded on a whim. You don't find the content, the content finds you. Yes, every week. Every single week, it just, like that. Hits you like speaking of content, sometimes. we have more content today. Oh, we do. Today is episode eight of Big Dog Radio. We have a bird expert coming in, which I am absurdly excited about. We have just plenty of topics that we need to cover. So I say we hop right into it. But actually, Lou, I, I first want to get an update on your broth head situation. Uh, I was a broth head. I still am a broth head, actually. So really? Yep. I, well, I, I just have not, not eaten in the past week. I have eaten. I went, what, what? So we recorded on Tuesday, right? I went yep. Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, I broke the fast. I felt like a born-again Christian. I'll tell you that. You felt good. Absolutely. Digestive system cleaned out. I felt light on my feet. You know, like, this is what people forget. People forget that I'm literally healthier than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That doesn't get talked about enough. It doesn't. (laughs) You are literally healthier than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mel, what's going on in your top corner there? Where? Oh, this chair? Oh, yeah. Oh, you were doing that. Okay. Yep. I thought yep. that I thought it was not a ghost. Was, was I was actually in on moving our... it, but I was off okay, the screen. Fair. Those of you who can't see, I am moving a chair. Like, it's the bottom of the chair. Luke can only see the top of the chair. And it looked like a ghost. Uh, so, Mel, actually, I think I need to talk about my events of this morning. Okay. I, I know you made a tweet about yeah. it on your personal Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it was not even 9 o'clock in the morning, and I had... A 10 hour day in. So I, 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 I had to be, I was downtown this morning and I was going about my business. I come outside and I'm looking for my car. I can't find my car. So I circle like three different blocks. Um, and well, this happened every time uh, I park somewhere, I take a picture of the meter, what number it is. So I know where to go uh, in the event that this happens. So I pull up the number. And I go to that spot. My car's gone. Seven in the so morning. You do? Seven in the morning. It got towed. The thing got impounded at seven in the morning. Were you like in an illegal spot? I'd assume, or, well, or why was well, it towed? See that—that's—that's that's the catch. So the, I read the sign. Pay to parking was is eight a.m. to six p.m. My car got towed at seven thirty-three a.m. In fine print on the meter, they have. No parking tow zone 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And guess where I was on the meter, not on the sign. Uh, it was on like on the sign on the meter sign, on the meter sign, on the meter sign. In fine, where where does that put you now? Like, oh, well, well, this created a whole debacle of its own. So I'm downtown about an hour walk from home at 7 30 in the morning. So I walk home. What is that like three miles? I don't know. I'm fed up at this point. 
now I, I, this is when my worries first start. I got to find my car. I don't know where the hell they took it. It took out, well, turns out they brought it to uh, the city impound, which I guess would make sense. But now I've got to figure out a way to get there. Is that so, back towards the parking meter then? Yeah, that's back to, uh, actually past downtown. Oh, so you already made a hike and now you have to either yeah, that, hike or find a way back. Correct. And I ended up walking back to, uh, to the uh, impound station. And this where, was all before 9 a.m.? Well, I walked back after 9 a.m. Okay. I was when I made that tweet angrily, I was walking back to my house trying to figure out what to do. In that time, when I get to uh, bail my car out of jail, essentially, if you think the DMV's bad, Melv, you don't want to sit at one of these impound stations. These workers have no care in the world how long you're sitting there waiting in line. They'll take their time. It's the so most disgusting, back, the most disgusting thing I've there. ever witnessed. Well, if I was in this situation, like getting my my car towed, I, I legitimately would have zero clue what to do. If, well, if I show up and my car is gone, I I don't even know where I would start trying to figure out where my car is. Well, I started off by walking home. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, just a quick Google search, uh, like car towed Minneapolis. Where is it? And that brought you to the right place yep and it well it gave gave me a website i plugged in my license plate and sure enough it was registered uh at the impound but if that brings up a point why can't i park on the street if i want to you know i've always thought that too where i pay uh, my I taxes understand there's there's times where like street cleaning happens sure i'll, sure. I'll move yeah. my car just let I understand me know. there's times there's snow just sure, let me I'll know move my car Exactly. Yeah, but uh, I'm an I understanding do... individual. And that brings up a point with parking lots, too, where there's there's parking lots everywhere where they're just completely empty the majority of the time. But if you park in there, you're getting towed. It's like there's open space for you to park your car. Exactly. I guess that's different because it's private land. But However, like city streets. Right. If there's parking spots there, they should not be metered. I pay my taxes. I pay my fair share. You know what I'm going to do from now on, Mel? I'm not going to pay my taxes. You're just going to evade your taxes? They got my money for uh, when I had to bail my car out of jail. <laughs> well, for, for legal reasons, I will pay my taxes, but I'm not going to pay my taxes. But for legal reasons, I will. But I actually reasons, won't. Though. But I actually won't. Okay. Unless well, Luke, you're the IRS, then I did. But I'm not <laughs> going to. All right. So, Lou, let's move on to listener questions. Are you happy with that? Well, there, that, there's actually an issue we need to talk about with this, too. Okay. It goes back to the big dog radio password for the email. Right. I still can't figure it out. And I accidentally logged out. And now I can't get back in. Uh, what does this have to do with listener questions? Because the, uh, the form for the listener questions is through the big dog radio email. And I can't see oh, no. submissions if I don't have access to this email. So, And you still don't know the password? No. But the solution isn't this, this a is, new email too? <laughs> I forgot the password two minutes after I made the account. So the last time we addressed this issue, uh, the problem with the big dog radio email is that I clicked the forgot password button and it told me to enter my password, even though that's that was literally my problem is that I didn't know the password. This time around, it tells me uh, enter an email where I can recover the password. Mm -hmm. 
But in that theory, couldn't just anyone plug in their email and get access to the Big Dog Radio account? Yeah. Because all I, I had to do There's got to be more that you got to do. I mean, you would think. But I, but I, it asked for me to provide an email where they could send a link to reset the password, and it would take two to three business days. For well, what reason? I don't know. Don't you normally have to like provide that email prior to like making the account where it's like, oh, this is your Big well, Dog Radio email, and then well, provide no. this email too? No, I forgot the password two minutes after I made the account. You think I remember what email I provided? Well, I'm. How many emails do you have, Lou? I have. I have a lot of emails. I have a personal one, school one. Uh, I have two different alias emails that I use here and there, just so people don't know my real identity in case that's ever a concern. A spam email box. Mm-hmm. I actually have my burner account emails. Yeah, Not I probably I have, have about the account. same amount. I have, I've got my school email. I got my like work email, got my business email. I got my personal email and then I got my like spam personal email that I just throw on every, everything that's going to like end up sending me ads. I just throw that email down and that inbox is loaded. Let me tell you. Yeah. It doesn't ever pay to, to open that and go through, does it? Mm -mm. The only time I ever open that is to recover my passwords. I would say that's enough about about my issues. On to the are those the only questions. problems you had about the listener questions? Well, yeah, I just we can't access the questions that are being submitted because we don't have access to the account. Okay, so we'll, just, we'll probably make a new form. We'll pin that one to the top of the page unless instead. I get access to this account again. But I'm not going to hold my breath. We'll try to figure it out as quickly as possible. That way, our listeners can ask their questions. Okay. So on to the listener questions. On to the listener questions. First question. If you could pick a nickname, what would people call you? And Lou, I think I know your answer already, but please proceed. I don't know what that's about. Do you think you know my answer? I do. All right. Well, I don't think you do. So I have three, three written down here. One, have you ever seen The Sopranos? No, I have not. I've seen like highlights or whatever All you right. want to call them. So there's a guy, I think he gets killed within the first couple or a few seasons his nickname was big pussy i think that's an awesome nickname people walk around calling you big pussy that's your your i do disagree okay well why would you okay that's i I have nothing more to say yeah okay that's one two i think an awesome nickname would be roadkill roadkill yeah look at roadkill over there that would be pretty cool hey do you know what roadkill's up to this weekend that's an awesome nickname. He's out smashing mailboxes like usual. <laughs> yeah, probably. Roadkill, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what I picture Roadkill doing with a greasy mullet. And then three, and we know someone by this nickname, though. Rhino. Rhino. I think Rhino is a fantastic nickname. Shout out Jacob Shilcox. Even though I think yep. I'm one of two people on this planet that call him that. Also a future podcast guest? Question mark? Uh, Case? No, Rhino. Oh, Rhino. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, Case was the other one. I think Case and I are the only two people on this planet that call him Rhino, but it's an awesome nickname. It is a pretty cool nickname. And how how did you come up with a nickname of Rhino for someone named Jacob Shilcox? Oh, all right. So I want to say 2018. I'm going up north with Case. It's uh, for the 4th of July weekend. It was just going to be the two of us. And like it was going to be a fishing trip, whatnot. 
he calls me up. He's like, I'm going to pick you up in five minutes. I just got to run to the gas station and then I got to pick up Rhino. And I asked him, who the hell is Rhino? He said, he said, you'll see, you know, who uh, strolls up Rhino, Rhino, Jacob Shilcox. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. how we got the nickname. So your three are, I don't even remember them. Roadkill. Uh, Roadkill, Big Pussy, and Rhino. Oh, that's right. And Rhino. Okay. So my my nickname, I actually tried to push this nickname out at one point in time. Sounds a little pathetic on my behalf. Uh, for yourself? However, yeah, yeah. I had like one person call me and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then I, I after that person called me and I tried to shove it out to the world. And that was zero. Zero? The nickname Zero, like that guy from Holes. You're thinking of Stanley Airmats. Is that who what his name is? That was the guy from Holes. Stanley Ailnats. Well, I don't know if that's the same character or not, but one of them oh, goes okay. by Zero. I didn't know that. that um, yeah. I don't like that. No? Why would you want to be called Zero? I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. It's just as a cool word. Zero. I, dis- I disagree. That's zero. a terrible nickname. It's, zero. It's a great word. Like, yo, zero. zero, zilch, nada, nothing. And that, that, when I tried pushing out, that's what a lot of people said. They're like, I'm not going to call you zero. Like, that's, I yeah. feel like I'm, I'm being demeaning to you. That, that, those are my thoughts exactly. I would have loved it. And then actually, I, um, I was just curious, like, what cool nicknames are. And I looked up just cool nicknames for, for men. And the first thing that pops up on my screen, it's it says Zeus nuts, Zeus nuts. Yeah, that's similar. That was to, the uh, first nickname. That's a uh, similar nickname to one that Case has tried to push on me. He tried to call me Slap Nuts for a while. Slap Nuts. That's a good nickname, actually. Yeah, that is a great nickname. Actually, that reminds me of a story, Lou. There was a, a time we were bowling, and there was a, a older man that was like typing in our names for us. And I, I don't know if it was you or Case, but one of you two, it was Case. Okay, a lot of Case talk on this podcast, I suppose. We'll have to get him on so the listeners actually know who we're talking about. Sure. But uh, the, he's asking us to spell our name. And so I, I tell him M-E-L-V, Melv, okay. And then this guy, Case, he tells him S-L-A-P-N-U-T-Z. And he, he clicks Slap. enter. And the guy, he doesn't realize, like, that's what he's spelling until the whole entire word's up there. And he goes, slap nuts? Who the hell is slap nuts? Yeah, and this and, guy was only 90 years old. Yeah. And speaking of that same day, this man, he took a digger while we oh, were he, bowling. he did. Yeah. He, you would no think, like. No broken hip either. No. And he was good halfway out into the lane at the end. He, he went and bowled. And you would think, like, he became one with the bowling ball. Because hand went yeah. forward with the bowling ball and he took flight as well. And and everybody that like was there could see it coming because like his center of gravity was a good three feet in front of him as he's approaching this lane. Everybody's like, here it comes, here it comes. And sure enough, halfway down the bowling alley. Yeah, I think well, we were probably 90 year old man, perfectly healthy afterwards. Yeah, I, I think we were there for a, a birthday party. It, it was about to be a birthday party and funeral all in one. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty close. So it no, was pretty actually, close. When I was looking up, like uh, I was just curious about like what people thought were good nicknames. Mm-hmm. I came across this absurd list. Like the names are one thing, but their explanations 
like what kind of person it's for is unbelievable. I'm going to read you off this list here. So they, so they listed big Papa and that's for a guy who behaves like a boss. That's not even a description. Bowser for a guy who loves eating crusher awfully specific crusher for a guy who always has a crush. That's wrong. Like that one's actually wrong. Jaguar for a guy who loves his black Jaguar car. That's very specific. That's their description. Yes. Leon, a boy named who loves noodles. Mothman for a guy who loves carrots. That's actually kind of a cool nickname. Mothman. So so you can think like I'm going through this list. I'm like, this has to be like satire. This has to be an ironic list. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. no. They were very serious about this. Did they like ask you what you did? They have you take a quiz and then come up with a nickname for you. Uh, they do you want to hear the girl nicknames? A couple of them, yeah. Okay, so I I just have two of them right now. Coffee, guess what that's for? For a girl who likes coffee. Okay. And Godzilla, a name suitable for a girl who goes from adorable to dangerous in a nanosecond. <laughs> what? Godzilla. And then it has listed. That's got to be a name you call names. a girl behind behind her back. There's right, no way not- that anybody calls. A girl Godzilla as like just a cute pet nickname. And like I said, I, I was quite disturbed when I found out that this uh this list was not ironic. They were very how do you serious. know it wasn't ironic? Because like I went to the about us and like they had a disclaimer. Um so it said the site cannot accept liability uh for the excursion of these ideas, and the parental supervision is advised at all times. As safety is paramount, anyone Using the information provided by this website does sue at their own risk, and we cannot accept liability if things go wrong. So they're getting out ahead of people perhaps committing suicide due to their uh, nickname nickname. suggestions. Wow. That is a serious website. You want to call someone Jaguar, you better have parental consent. And a black Jaguar car. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Lou, what do you think about the next question? Should we hit that one or should we hop to the third? Uh, I think we can touch on it quick. Okay. I don't know if there's so. Question number two is: What cartoon character would be absolutely terrifying if it existed in the real world? So the two I came up with were one, and and this is assuming that these characters were like human, because the first one I have is Patrick Star, and I mean if it was like a starfish, it wouldn't be that intimidating or terrifying. But have you seen like picture as a human? Have you seen like the human depictions of these characters? That's what I looked up in order yeah. to oh, it's like, come up with answers. Mm-hmm. Patrick Starr was definitely the one Patrick of the scariest for me. for me. And then my other one was Stewie Griffin. Okay, just based on those pictures? Right, yeah. And like the football shaped head and stuff. But those are my two. I, I think I'd be making a mistake if I didn't bring up Peppa the Pig. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is there like a uh, actual Pep- depiction of her? Uh, I don't believe so. But if there was, it would. Uh, yikes. Peppa the Pig terrifying. and family, I should say. If they, uh, And then second, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Could you imagine like uh, basically like a, a humanoid turtle running around eating pizza with uh, what do they call those things? What are those things you whip around? Nunchucks. With Could nunchucks, you imagine yeah. that running down the street? That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying. I want and to hop a, back to your first one. What? Peppa the pig. Peppa the pig. 
now like thinking about that and like the shape of peppa the pig there's no way that if if this thing comes to life there's no way anybody actually thinks it's a pig am i wrong it has a lot of pig characteristics i disagree i've only seen pictures i mean it has a pig head no not really Peppa the pig has like a big long snout. Uh, pigs just have a short little snout. Well, pigs pigs have a snout. A I think one. they just put emphasis on on the pig snout for Peppa the pig. Peppa the pig. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm looking at a picture now, and I don't. I mean, I mean, you get the idea that it's, it's, it would be frightening. Pig. It would be frightening nonetheless. Yeah, you do understand this pig. It's the right color and everything. So let's move on to our third and final question today, and. This question is, if you could implant one false memory in the minds of everyone in the United States, what would that memory be? Uh, Melvin, do you want to go first? I'm actually kind of interested to hear what your uh, thinking was. Yeah, I, I wish I would have come up with something more creative, but I did this yeah. pretty selfishly. And I, I did it for my own benefit. And I said I would implant the memory in everybody's mind that they had borrowed a hundred dollars from me that they haven't paid back yet. Interesting. So that way everywhere I go, no matter what I do, I can just have, get free stuff essentially. So everyone would think that they would owe you a hundred dollars. What I'm thinking here is that you would go somewhere and this, like the person would see you like a random person in the grocery store. They would recognize that like, they think that they owe you a hundred dollars, but they wouldn't know why or what from. So why would you pay right. someone that you don't know a hundred dollars just because you think that you owe them a hundred dollars? Because I come up to them and be like, Hey, you borrowed a hundred dollars from me. They just tell no, you to get lost. They they could, but they have that memory that they did. But yeah, I got, I, and then I the, know, thing, the other thing I was thinking with this is like, I could go bigger and be like, everybody borrowed $10,000 from me that they haven't paid back. Or I, essentially could just convince everybody that all of their money is mine. Yeah. But I well, think that ruins the merit of it. Well, Melvin, I think a hundred dollars, I think you, maybe your 20 closest friends and family would actually pay you and you'd go home with a happy $2,000. Yeah. I'm happy with that. And then I okay. move on with my normal life. All right. Fair. So, so my thinking behind this uh, question was a little bit different. It's quite ridiculous actually. So if I were to implant, one memory, one false memory into the brains of every human on this planet, it would be that after you're done eating, you throw your plate at the wall like a Frisbee. That is that a memory or like a... Well, like just it, it would just be implanted and ingrained in their brain that it's something that they have to do. They don't understand why, but just instinctively whip their plate at the, at the wall. And that's their... See, uh, the way I saw it was like a memory, like a one, one-off thing. Not like this is who I am kind of thing. And that's the way I'm seeing you're taking it is. And, and that's fine. That, that could be another way to take it is like, this is my identity. I throw plates at walls after I'm done eating. That's exactly I don't know the way I took it. Is there like merit to that or just entertainment? Well, I mean, I think it's just for the hell of it. Now, would, would you like join in on this or would Absolutely. you just like look around? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Why would you not join in? Because that's what makes it great is like everyone would not know why they're throwing their plate at the wall, but everyone they does just it. do it. Yeah, and I do it too, but I, I would know exactly why. Because I do. <laughs> now, this would be a heck of a lunchroom. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This might be the dumbest thing I've ever come up with, but. Yeah, uh, there, there's so many answers that we could have yeah. come up with for this yeah. one that would have been like beneficial to the world yeah. and and like world changing. But for me, I said that I'm going to make two thousand dollars and well, you're going to make everybody throw. What do you mean? Yeah. You don't think you could come up with one memory that you could implant in somebody's brain that would actually make a difference? Yeah, well, I mean, you ask me one false memory I could implant in anyone's brain, you expect me to write a humanitarian novel. I think with this question, we're given a lot of power, and we both just disregarded the power. And one person like, we're just going to either be selfish or just essentially, what's the word, troll the population? Yeah, the world needs trolls, too. Well, Lou, these were good listener questions. And again... We're going to get a new link up there for you to ask your listener we questions. We hope. And if, if Luke can't figure out the password, then we will make a new email, I guess, and start a new listener question. What are those things called? Form? Yeah. Google Is that what form. you'd call it? Google form. Listener question, Google form. And again, at big dog radio underscore is our Twitter. So you'll find that pinned at the top of the page. Hopefully we'll have that done by Thursday. So when people are hearing this, they can, hop on there and ask their question. But now we're bringing on a guest, not just any guest. We're bringing on the bird expert. And I'm very excited for this one. So uh, what? I don't even know her name yet, Lou. What is her name? Uh, Kate, Kate, the bird expert. Kate, the bird expert. So let's bring Kate on, huh? <laughs> and we are back with our bird expert here. Uh, Kate, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I think expert is generous, but I'll take enthusiast. Uh, no, Excellent. I think you're an expert. Uh, <laughs> so the story with Kate here is that we've encountered or our paths have crossed a couple times. Uh, and I think both times, all you really did was talk about birds, Oh, which, that's... I, which is not a bad thing at all. Birds <laughs> are fascinating. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess my first question is what got you into birds in the first place? Um, actually it was the beginning of quarantine last year. I went home for spring break and then didn't get to leave. Um, and so I just started watching birds at the bird feeder and I'd always liked them. Yeah, there goes my bird. Um, and then my grandma gave me a field guide. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I got a little bit more into it, decided to take an ornithology class and then kind of fell in love with it and started birding on my own. So this is a relatively new thing, much like, yeah, yeah, probably like a year and a half. Well, Melv here has kind of a similar tale to tell. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had like the same, same experience. I I went back home for COVID and I had nothing better to do, but we just watched birds. We, um, uh, we have like a river kind of near us. So then we, uh, just watched waterfall for a while. So I got this cool app. I don't know if, if, you're you have it too but it's merlin merlin it's like a oh, yeah. merlin bird oh watching app and i got minds this is unreal i i am making a connection currently i am very much a merlin evangelist i also use um ebird which is also okay. through the lab of ornithology but like you go on walks there's little courses on how to use it but it records data that's been used in scientific papers which yeah, is really cool is- Mm-hmm. And as you're seeing these birds, it tells you like 
what time of the year they're going to be around in your location is yeah. quite fascinating, actually. Yeah. I, I especially like Merlin just because it makes it easier for other people because birding is kind of a lot. <laughs> this is a meeting a of, the two greatest, on. of the two greatest bird minds of our generation here. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. We're only one and a half years in, but we hope to be, or at least I hope to be at some point in time. Yeah, me too. Greatest bird watcher of all time. <laughs> me and Kate are going to be one and two. We'll leave okay. it up well, to the number two to is the question. Yeah. Okay. I don't Kate. know. It'll be a race. Kate, I had a question here. So the difference between a crow and a raven. Yes. Because they're quite similar, but ravens are revered, and a crow is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of birds. Oh. Why is that the case? <laughs> um, I think both have a lot of symbolic power, I think, in different cultures. I know at least in certain myth, like ravens are either like knowledgeable or they're a good omen or a bad omen. <laughs> She's really loud today. Um I think also we don't interact with ravens as much. I think also, you know, Poe had something to do with it, but we're, we see crows everywhere. Um, and I think they're a little too smart for their own good. They both are, but crows especially cause a lot of issues. I know. Wait, so, you're, so you're saying just because a poet uh, named the poem after a bird, that bird is now revered um, and, and we hate crows. I think that's another aspect of it. I think okay, even before Poe, a lot of cultures have the raven as a symbol, the crows to a degree. Um, but I, I think it's a matter of what we interact with. Just because like crows can be a nuisance in um, in Tokyo, they have to repeat it. They, the power division has like a whole group that just goes around taking down crow nests because they build them out of wire hangers and it'll bring down the power grid. So then the crows started making more nests than they really need. And it, it's things like that. I, I think it's a, what we're coming into contact with. That's very interesting for, for crows to have a bad name because they just are populating quicker, it seems. Or am I wrong with that? Um, I, I can't speak as much to ravens, but crows are generalists. So they will eat anything and survive pretty much everywhere. Um, I've only ever seen ravens like in a larger population scale in Alaska. I've only actually seen one in Minnesota. I, I well, couldn't so like not even around. This uh, they are just harder to find. Hmm. Kate, you can okay. point out a raven to me. I think it's a pigeon. Okay. Have you ever heard of the bird, the coot? I have. I actually just saw some today. Do you, uh, do you like coot? I think they're really cool looking. I think. How they raise their chicks is a little brutal. How, and how do they do that? I'm not familiar. Um, so they're when the American coot has its clutch, I think is about like six or seven. Um, they have these cute little weird red feathers. They look really stupid and cute. I would look them up. But uh, the parents and the other babies will pick kind of the weakest one. And they'll keep bullying it when it asks for food and pecking it and scaring it until it stops asking and it starves to death. Um, That's brutal. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> so there's one from each, I guess, what are they, pack or, or litter? Clutch, that, yeah. Clutch, okay. One or two, it just depends on resource availability. There can be more than one. It'll keep going. So if there's not stuff available, the, the smallest one or like the runt of the litter gets the boot. Yep. Okay, well, what kind the of reason I you... ask about this is, um, so I was on a date like over a month ago and 
I this guy. Look at me. But I, I asked the girl a very important question. I'm like, I asked her what her favorite bird is. And she, she responded, a coot. And I didn't know what to do at that moment. I, I didn't know if I should, like, just get up and leave. Because coot, to me, they're like the, the ugly chicken of the, the water. Yeah, they are kind of water chickens. Yeah, and they don't yeah. even have webbed feet. You'd think, like, the, the water creature would have webbed feet that they'd swim around with. That they got little weird fingers. <laughs> so that was my story behind coot. Lou, did you have something? Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, are coot popular birds to hunt? Um, you know, I'm not actually sure. I I know a little bit about Ducks Unlimited, and they actually do a lot for waterfowl conservation and keeping population up. But I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't know anything about them being hunted. Okay. Do you know, Mel? Do you actually? Um, I, I'm familiar. Yeah, they they are hunted, but they're like, I'm trying to think of a comparison here. It It's like if you... Uh, now I'm thinking of a fishing comparison, but that one that one really appealed to other audience. It's like you go going to like a, a steak restaurant in hunting. Okay. You go to a steak restaurant and you order like a corn dog or something. So yeah, like I it's can't there. Say I've ever sat like down to a family dinner of coot. Yeah, it's it's not very tasty meat. Well, Mel, mm. what kind of comparison? Was, what kind of steak restaurant's gonna you know have corn dog on their menu? That's exactly my point. Okay. People go hunting and you can hunt them, yeah. but you you aren't going to hunt them if you're a hunter. Okay. Unless yeah. you're just Fair. wreaking havoc with a gun. Kate, I had oh, a question. Kate. Uh, what kind of bird do you have? Uh, I Monday is a budgerigar. So they're actually originally from Australia, but they were brought over and parrots and just pet birds were really popular. And like, I think the late 1800s and 1900s, um and then they're very cheap people just started breeding them and going nuts so a lot of releases kind of live still in florida but like you get a lot of escapees and releases everywhere and they don't really fare well um that's what i think she was (laughs) okay well so that's interesting because you like you hear of the invasive species coming in and oftentimes they'll take over a population yeah so so it's not the same no No, we're having the same issue kind of with starlings. So they're little and loud and they're black with little white spots. And I don't know the year, but someone decided to release all of the species of birds that Shakespeare mentioned in all of his works in America, including the starling. And they have a very strong foothold. Um, They're also generalists, but they're competitively like brutal. And they just so happen to thrive here. Um, budgies do not. So like uh, ring-necked pheasants are released every year for hunting. Um, but most of them actually die out in the winter. Which So, you know, budgies aren't equipped for the cold. Neither are the pheasants. So it's not a problem. But the starlings have kind of adapted and taken over a lot. Wait, so that actually happens. So someone just decided they were going to release the birds mentioned in Shakespeare's works. Mm-hmm. They, I guess they thought that's it would the be explanation deep. for that. That's, that's why we have European. Unbelievable. Starlings. Yeah. Yeah. Those they're quite obnoxious. I must say they are. <laughs> now I, I have a quick question here. Have you ever heard of the movement? Birds aren't real. I have. <laughs> I so get there's that a movement opening a line a lot on dating apps. Oh, Ooh. you do. Yes. So what is your bio then on dating apps that, that, I think it just says I, I like birds. I used to work with them like 
I don't know. And these people just say birds aren't real. Oh yeah. They're like, oh, that's cool. But did you know they aren't real? And what's your response to that? I mean, not on the dating app, but just in general, <laughs> if someone were to say birds aren't real. Um, I mean, it's certainly a stance to take. It would render a lot of what I do in a day to day pretty much null. But, um, you know, I kind of I'm not really sure if it's about people just not liking them or just deciding that, like, yep, those they don't exist. So, Lou, are you familiar with this at all? I'm very familiar with the movement. Because I, I, so I looked them up on Twitter and I, I read their bio and it's, it's rather ridiculous in my opinion. And their bio says they referring to birds used to be real until the U S government replaced them with identical drone replicas designed to spy on the American public. I feel like you could have no offense to birds and no offense to my bird. You could have made a smarter robot to spare, to spy on the public. That's exactly why they would do it though. An unsuspecting <laughs> creature. I mean, I think birds sometimes unnerve people just because the ones we interact with are a lot of times they're real scrappers. Chickens aren't always very nice and they're weird looking there. Chickens are the closest living relative to T-Rexes. So I think that just like as mammals, we look at them and we're like, Ugh, that is a weird looking thing and it doesn't look sure. like me and I don't like it. I think so it would people be really- decide they aren't real. Huh? Or so then people just like swear them off essentially. I mean, it kind of sounds like a flat earth thing that I can't <laughs> tell if it's kidding or not. Like <laughs> I hope they they are being facetious. I, I think some I think some of the movement is ironic, but some of it unfortunately oh. I, I I think they're serious about the irony yeah. I'm I'm all for. Yeah, and the videos I've watched, it sounds like they're just like egging egging on something that they clearly know is not true. But I guess moving on from the birds aren't real movements and and diving a little bit more into actual birds, I kind of want to hear about the dodo bird. We've had discussions in the past about like extinct animals. And I'm Mm -hmm. curious if what you know about the dodo bird and then also is the dodo bird like ever coming back? Because we had a discussion on mammoths. Oh, okay. So um, what are your thoughts on the dodo bird? Um, Well, from what I understand... This is by no means factual, but from what I understand, uh, they lived mainly on islands. And so they didn't really have any natural predators. And I, there are some like parrot species still like that, where they're just not afraid of you because they've never had to be. Um, and that's kind of the situation with dodos, except they became this, I guess, fun thing to hunt. I don't know why, because it's not much of a challenge. Um, and they, they did eat, they were eaten. Um, I think it just went way too far. (laughs) Um, Uh, So if they were to try to genetically engineer a dodo bird to bring it back, would you be for that? um, Do you think they could survive? It's kind of a question of whether or not there exists a niche anymore that would be able to hold them. Um, So, you know, when they introduce reintroduced wolves back into Yellowstone, that was very purposeful. Um, you know, and it was to bring back equilibrium, but it was also fairly recent, the extent extinction to reintroduction. Um, so I personally don't know if there would be a sustainable area to do that in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it would can definitely. You, can you believe that, that they're bringing back the woolly mammoth? You know, I remember, try to? I remember reading Nat Geograph- National Geographic articles as a kid 
and like the Nat Geo kids about, oh, there's a frozen mammoth carcass. What could we do? Could oh. we bring it back? It's banana. So it sounds like it sounds like you like know a lot about just reintroduction of general species. Is there like a reason why or you might not know this, but is there a reason why they might want to bring the woolly mammoth back um, or is it just for fun? <laughs> it seems a little Jurassic Park to me right off the bat. I haven't like Ice Age. A little bit like yeah. Ice Age, yeah. I couldn't say if there is a reason. Right now, it seems like we can, so why not? Right. Um, but, you know, I'm. if there is a niche where another species is extinct and something, you know, you have an a s- ecosystem engineer or a very important species going extinct and it needs to be replaced, it's just a question of, of feasibility. I mm-hmm. think, um, okay. and introducing species is kind of a big decision. It's kind of gone awry in the past. So another question I had is, uh, so how much of bird sounds is actually mating? Because, you know, it's a thing you hear in the past, how like every bird call is just a mating call. How accurate is that? Um, not. <laughs> so uh, there are things that we kind of define them between calls and song. Okay. So I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, chickadees. Chickadees are actually named for the, their call, which is just chickadee-dee-dee. And it's interesting, the number of Ds in that corresponds to what kind of threat. They have their own kind mm. of signal. But that would be a call because it's just kind of communication. Okay. Um, whereas this, their song is more like wee woo <laughs> and that's for mating purposes. Uh, songs can also be used for territory. So it's not as if birds only sing during, um, you know, reproductive months, they will sing year round just as territory and kind of also as communication to other animal or to other males mostly. But, uh, you know, other bird noises, come from feathers. Uh, morning doves make noises when they fly. Um, certain hummingbirds make like zippy noises as they dive as a, um, a courtship display. So not all sounds, all singing is for sexual reason and not even all noises are singing. In your opinion, what bird has the best call? My personal um, favorite's the morning dove. I do love morning doves. I grew up with them. So they're really nostalgic for me. As pets um, or just around the house? Oh, no, like just outside, like okay. in my area. Right. <laughs> I really like the the chestnut-sided warbler has a cute little call. Um, and there are some really funny ones. Like, yeah, Monday is showing off hers, if you can hear it. Um, you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, she's, I do like that noise. She makes her little warble, but the, the brown-headed nuthatch just sounds like a rubber duck which I think is really funny. So I like the, there are pretty ones and there are funny ones. Kate, I got to say, you could just be making up uh, bird species right now. And you'd oh, have I probably completely could. My, my friends used to play a game called what's the weirdest bird species we can make up and see if Kate still looks for it. The, the most recent winner was the South California nut snatcher. <laughs> that sounds not far well, off. That's from not a real either. bird. <laughs> I mean, you've got a nut hatch, you've got a nutcracker, you've got a, oh shoot, what is it? A putu. You have a woodcock, you have a snowcock. There are some weird ones. And those are all real birds. Those are all real mm-hmm. birds. Okay. Yeah. 
we have woodcocks in Minnesota. They're also called timber doodles. No, timber that doodles? not real. Yeah, no, yeah, it's real. <laughs> what does it look like? Is it? It looks like a child drew it. It looks, it's, oh. um, it forages more on the ground, but they have a long beak and their eyes look like they were put in the wrong spot. And I'm going to have to oh. go bird watching and look for this thing sometime. It, I, have, tough to find. I have yet to see one. Oh, I've only I, seen two before in my life. Really? And they're, they're like, you have to go on the shrubbery and scare them out of there. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they hide deep in the hollows. Well, I think before we bid farewell, I think it's appropriate to find, figure out what your favorite bird is. Oof. I mean, that's like asking what your favorite movie is. You know, you have genres. I have a um, okay. I... favorite waterfowl. Favorite waterfowl? Yes. I feel like osprey does not count. <laughs> That's not a waterfowl. It's it, a bird. No, how do you con- what do you consider a waterfowl? Because I think we had this discussion previously. Oh, is yeah. Is like just all ducks and geese? Is that um, the extent of waterfowl or how far? Ah, that's a hard one. I would say for traditional waterfowl, I really like uh, golden eyes, actually. Like Barrow's golden eyes, I think, are really cool mm-hmm. looking. Um, it'd be a cop out to say a loon, <laughs> but I yeah. also do really like loons. They are pretty uh, birds. Uh, Kate, I think I have one final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the flying squirrel a bird? They're very fluffy. <laughs> they do also fly, uh, unfortunately, from a scientific perspective. They are not birds, but I feel okay. like they've earned the honorary badge. They're an honorary bird. It, okay. Yeah, it's I like could... you worked for it. You tried A for effort. Okay, I can live with that. Well, Kate, we appreciate you coming on. You know, be- before you hopped on, Lou was like, I'm not exactly sure if she is truly a bird expert or if I've just heard her talk about birds. <laughs> but I think we can confirm that you are indeed a bird expert. <laughs> the closest thing we're going to find. <laughs> yes. All right, I've I've proven myself. <laughs> okay, thanks, Kate. Well, thanks yeah, for coming thanks on. Thanks for Kate. having me. Well, Lou, that was a great interview with our bird expert. I'm glad that she she actually brought some knowledge to the podcast because most of the time we we bring knowledge, but we don't bring we bring wisdom. Yeah, I would yeah, say she yeah, brought knowledge more so wisdom than than knowledge. Uh, but yeah, that was our first. Uh, I think actually insightful segment that we've done in our eight weeks now. Yeah. Eighth week. Unreal. It took eight weeks, but uh, we're bringing some, some actual tangible knowledge. So, and it's not even us bringing it really. No, we got to go to outside sources to find knowledge. We're working on it. Well, Lou, let's hop into the hot corner and chopping block segment. Again, for the listeners, our hot corner is something that we want to honor this week. And our chopping block is something that has been driving us up a wall. So, Lou, do you want to start us off this week? Hot corner chopping block. Pick your poison. I'll leave that up to you. All right. Uh, so my hot corner this week are horn dogs. And what are horn dogs? Extremely horny men. And this Why is set your hot corner. Because Coach O, LSU, I guess still LSU football coach, he reached a buyout agreement with LSU. Uh, they'll terminate his contract after this season. Because he's just been a horn dog. So what makes this your hot corner? You're just glad that he's gone? No, I'm I'm happy for Coach O, I guess. He's living <laughs> he his, has been a horn he's dog. living his best life. I mean, sue the guy, you know? So I mean they got do, rid of his job. That's are you are you familiar with the story? 
No, I, I haven't. Right. This is the first time hearing of it. All right. So he was at a gas station. This is allegedly. So he was allegedly at a gas station and he went up to a girl who was in workout clothes um, and asked her if she worked out. She said yes. And then he said we should work out sometime. And the woman stated that she was pre- one pregnant and two uh, was married. And Coach O response, why does that matter? Well, this girl just so happened to be the wife of a a high ranking official, I guess. How do you want to put it in in like the school, Louisiana State University? So word got to that guy and then word from that guy made it to the athletic director. And it's all been downhill since then. But interesting. So that's your hot corner. Yeah. I mean, it's Coach O hitting on people's wives. He's a horn dog. Nothing wrong with that necessarily. I'd say there's some things wrong with that. Yeah, let him be. Eh. Well, I guess LSU will let him be for now, as they're letting him go. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was really that bad, wouldn't he have just been fired right away? They're letting him finish out the season. That's a fair point. Hot corner Blue. horn dogs. <laughs> hot corners horn dogs. My hot corner is fresh linen scent, and this past week. I came to the realization that my room wasn't like the greatest smelling thing in the world. Not that it was like musty and nasty. It just smelled like an old house, which is what I'm I'm living in right now. I'm having that same problem. Are you? I am. And it's it's like, I keep things rather tidy. I like to believe. And um, I, I kept like cleaning and trying to figure out why my room just smells unpleasant. And I could not figure it out for the life of me. So then I went to the store and I had no clue what scent to pick. So I recruited two of my friends and I said, pick out a flavor for me. Is that flavor of, of air freshener? I like that. And they picked out fresh linen. And I'll and tell it- you what, fresh linen is a great smelling thing. I am pleased to enter my room every day I get back home. It no longer smells like an old lady's house. No, just like an old house. It never smelled like an old lady's house. That would have been like. So what's, a, the, what's the difference different. between an old house smell and an old lady smell? An old lady house smell is uh, you've smelled old lady perfume before, right? I don't think that's what makes makes up the uh, old lady house smell is perfume, is it? Yeah, I think it's just the nature. In my of experience, the old lady. that is. I don't. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think it is the perfume that does it. But the old house smell is. is like slightly musty, slightly just off. So what do you think? What does an old lady house smell smell like? That's that's it smells like old lady. It's one of those things that you just instinctively know. You can smell it and you know it. Right. And what comes to my mind is that perfume that they all wear. Is See, that not even, the same even, scent that comes to your mind? I don't think what every old lady has the same perfume. Yes. I think my what I'm uh, suggesting is a lot more likely that old ladies yeah. just inherently have their own smell. I, I well, I know uh, old ladies that wear this specific perfume. So by your logic, if they all have the same smell, that smell is perfume. I don't think that's how this works. What perfume like what do you know what it's called? No, not at all. But I would recognize if I, if I smelled it. It almost smells like a. Uh, essential oil except it's more extreme i bet if i look up old lady perfume right now it would give me that exact why does every old lady use the same perfume it must have just been like a thing that like maybe the first perfumes that kind of came out and they all just ran with it 
Her old lady perfume. Nah, maybe I'm wrong. I can't find anything. There's all sorts of different old lady perfumes. But there's a specific scent, and I can like smell it in my nose right now, even though it's not even here. But it's just a very strong scent. And I, I've heard it referred to as old lady perfume. I've never heard that once in my life. No. Well, I'll I'll find something that smells like it and you will recognize it immediately. Well, yeah, just walk into an old lady's house. It smells like old lady perfume. You're right. No, it smells like old lady. It doesn't <laughs> smell like old lady perfume. Okay. Lou, Whatever. what is your well that okay? My hot corner, enough about old lady perfume. My hot corner is fresh linen scent. The fresh linen much scent. more gotcha. pleasing aroma. Then Lou, lady, what is yes. your your chopping block this my, week? My chopping block this week uh is cash. Yeah, I am all for a cashless society. I cannot stand cash. The problem I have with cash is that if someone gives me like $40 in cash, I will spend $40 on my debit card and rationalize it in the sense that I'm using the $40 that I have in cash. So really it's, uh, there's no net harm there, right? The issue mm-hmm. is I spend that $40 about 10 different times on the card yeah. and I rationalize it every time by thinking, oh, I'm just using the $40 that I have in cash, but instead I'm just swiping my card. So really that $40 cost me like 400. Now, Lou, we've, I've had this debate many times. What, uh, and here's the question I'm going to ask you. What is more like a gift card, your debit card or cash, meaning like you get something for free, a gift card, a gift card is more. Yeah, like so like, exactly. That's my, that's yes. my stance on the Yeah, It's well. like, like I see my debit card as like, like my actual money. I see cash yes. and gift cards as excess funds that I have to blow on whatever. Right. You have to figure out a place yeah. to spend these things. Exactly. So like if I have and cash that- on me, I'm constantly looking for ways to just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Or buy things online using my card, and then I just say, "Well, that was that fifty dollars." Now you go deposit that into the bank, but I never do. Right, and and that was that's my stance on it too. Is cash? Whenever you pay in cash, you essentially get what you're buying for free. Right. Whereas right. that's yeah. the right way to look at it. And and I've had this debate with a lot of people, and nobody has ever been on my side until now. But the way. I think of it is, is the cash that you have in your bank, the cash that you use your debit card or credit card for. That's the cash that is part of your, that's the cash that you like have yeah, that, all, yes, all exactly. the other, all the other like physical cash. It's just free. It can excess, do whatever it wants. And I won't funds. even, I won't even know excess funds. Well, Lou, my chopping block this week is and this is going to be a very unpopular chopping block actually, actually I know can I, people love these can things. i comment on the cash one last thing? yeah please I, please i had i had this uh i forget how long conversation with this guy at, at a bar one night and he I, like i was trying to talk to this guy like we were talking about bitcoin and this guy told me that cash is king i told this guy to cash f- yeah he said cash is king i told him to fly a kite and I didn't talk to him the rest of the night. Well, I've heard that saying a lot about cash is king regarding not physical cash, like cash in your bank, essentially. Uh, well, so, I, I, I can't tell the entire context, but this guy was saying that he, that you he'd rather have like 
just for example, $500 in cash and $500 in Bitcoin right now. I told him to fly a kite. Well, I think when this guy heard the phrase cash is king, he did not realize. He didn't interpret the actual it in imp- the right way. Right. That's yeah. What saying. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Or if you have physical dollars, that's essentially gift cards, as we've discussed before. Right. Whereas you you aren't doing anything with actual cash. You aren't making moves or anything. Like the way I look at it, if I have $2,000 in my bank, like in my checking account, and you have $2,000 in cash, the way I interpret that, I have $2,000, you have $0. Yeah, that is exact. And, and I've heard the debate on the other side where it's like, if you're spending actual cash, it feels like you're actually losing that cash because like oh, you're handing something not. over. No, that's bullshit. You don't think so? No. Because like, that's why people say, that's why people uh, like advise you to carry cash because you're, you'll see what you're spending. But the way mm-hmm. I see it, that cash is already spent by me having the physical cash in the first place. Right. Yeah. That is a great point. I see, I do see it as I spend cash. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm tapping into these excess funds that is essentially just free paper that I got and I'm, I'm getting things for free. But I, I do see I do see their point where it's like I if I'm spending all. cash, I see I like physically see the representation go away. But the way that I think of like spend, spending with a debit card, then they say like, oh, you spend with a debit card and you don't even notice it. Leave your bank account. Yes, you do. Yeah, just check. You your get bank that statement. minus. Yeah, you get that minus twenty dollar. Yeah, that number go thing. does go down when you do. Swipe it does it. go down. It you do can go check down it fairly easily. Mm-hmm. It's demoralizing. Yeah. Well, Lou, I'm glad you're the first person that I've been on the same page with about I think that's this. Bananas. I I think it's absurd too. Cash is nothing. Cash. When you pay with cash, you get something for free. Exactly. That's my closing statement on that. And my chopping block this week again. It's not going to be the most popular chopping block, but I went to Costco recently. So my chopping block is Costco esque stores or wholesale stores. And I I went to Costco because I was preparing like a nacho meal for a tailgate that I was having. And I went with some people that we were having the tailgate with and we went in and I, I was like, I needed one onion and the minimum amount of onions you could buy is five pounds worth of onions. And then I needed three cups of cheese. The minimum cheese you can buy are two like gallon sized bags of cheese you can't just buy one of these they're taped together you have to buy them both and then i needed to buy taquitos for myself those are like the little frozen wraps i'm familiar and the the least you could buy at once is like 50 of them and that doesn't even fit in my freezer so i guess i i was very impressed with everything aside from the food at costco well mel you kind of know what you're getting if you go to costco like, you know, if you walk into Costco, that's what you should be expecting. Right. And that's where I, you weren't, I, I was lacking. That? I was lacking that. I've never been to a Costco. Oh, so you thought up it was until... just like a, like a Walmart or like, no, no, I knew, I knew I was purchasing in bulk, but I thought it was going to be bulk within reason, not something that's going to take up my whole refrigerator for a week before eating. I, I'm, t- I'm speaking to the cheese specifically. This okay. cheese is taking up like two shelves on our, re- in our refrigerator right now. If I were to eat this cheese constantly for two months, yeah, 
I I would not finish the cheese. And if that that's if I'm eating only cheese for every meal. I think a counterpoint to to what you're saying here is I don't think Costco memberships are necessarily meant for single people living alone. Right. Yeah, like it that, definitely was why, not the store. That's why standard grocery stores exist. Mm-hmm. Why were you at Costco in the first place? Like why if you just needed those few things, why wouldn't you just go to a standard grocery store? Well, the the people I was with, I didn't I had no say in the decision. I just we just went and I I've never been to a Costco and I've heard great things about it. So I I went along and by the end of our like trip and actually shout out Costco for this. They have like phenomenal food that's like ready for you. Like pre-made food, you can buy a pack of it. Oh sure, yeah. For a week and it's it's so good. But um after our shopping trip at Costco, we decided that we we didn't get hardly anything that we actually needed for our food. So then we went to pick and save. And of course, had a wonderful experience at Pick and Save. Nobody ever has a bad one there. Oh, I, I think you're the only person that has a bad experience at Costco, but I might be. And I think that, like you said, I think that had to do with my expectations going in. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, well, and you, another you... thing with Costco, I, I, I plan to get a coffee maker because I just recently got into drinking coffee and I plan to get a coffee maker there so I could save a little bit of money aside from buying a coffee every morning from someplace right i i tried to get a coffee maker and they only had one coffee maker and it was like a, a luxury coffee maker like this thing probably imports coffee from europe by itself you could call somebody so, so you're talking like probably. a cappuccino machine essentially is that what it was no it was just a, was, a oh, coffee was, maker oh interesting it just had a lot of crazy buttons unless i i guess again i'm not too hey, they have an online store you can on buy those. from too and also that's yeah. that's kind of why like Amazon, Walmart exists. Right. You can go in yeah, and so buy I'll, a standard I'll, coffee maker there. Mm-hmm. I'll get something from there. But also one cool thing about Costco is they had like se- both seasonal and just random things that were actually pretty awesome. Like they had these huge paddle boards that like you take out on a lake sure. and you stand and paddle. Uh, those were pretty sweet and they had like all sorts of Halloween stuff getting ready for Halloween. So I, I guess the main issue that I had with Costco is the pure bulk that you had to buy things in. Okay. Which well, like I said, I, I need as, to go expecting as a, that as a single person. Sure. For a family of five, Mel, if you were responsible for feeding four other people, don't you think that would be kind of nice? Yeah. And okay. I guess I don't know how it compares to, is it much cheaper than buying like a normal? Uh, I'm say, I have no clue. I, isn't that kind of like no the point either. of buying in bulk? Is that you get a little yeah. bit better price? It definitely is. But I didn't even consider that as it's going through. I just looked at them. And, and it's hard to compare when you're buying in bulk. Like compare a dollar amount to, uh, I guess they have like that uh, unit price or whatever. But I'm not familiar with the unit price. Yeah, like, like what the standard in. is. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Well, that that wraps up our hot corner and chopping block. My hot corner this week was fresh linen scent, and my chopping block was the Costco food section. I guess we have decided. And Lou, yours was my hot corner were, <laughs> was horn dogs, <laughs> especially Cocho. And my chopping block was cash. We established we would we would advocate for a cashless society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that brings us towards the end of the episode here, and we're gonna wrap things up with. The big dog's final thoughts. Okay. 
you know what I was thinking about the other day that it was mm-hmm. perhaps the most absurd thing thinking back on it that I've seen in my entire life was when like the NBA had the bubble and even last yep. year I think like some stadiums did it like they'd have fans on like the sideline on a video board that were like watching the game from zoom at home and they would just put their face on the screen do you know how ridiculous that is that's absurd that if do you know what are you do you know what i'm talking about yeah i do they had a big screen yeah where it was like where they just had a bunch of squares yes with different people's faces on it yeah that is ridiculous how how like self-centered do you have to be in order to show up on that board yeah i want like were they selling tickets for these virtual spots like fifty dollars and and you can hop on this zoom and we'll put you on the on the i almost uh, guarantee you they did probably they probably did it's ridiculous to me that anyone would have bought those virtual tickets. I can't right, believe that was you, a thing. Do they watch it like on their screen then? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, or do they just show up on the screen and then watch it on their TV? I could not tell you. It, I mean, it was either way. It's I, ridiculous. I, they, yeah. I think they did it for a bit last year too. Mm-hmm. It's and that, yes. that made me think about, there was an entire, I, I was looking back at like previous years of the NBA and there there was an entire year where I don't remember what the exact reason was but it was a, the lockout year was it with the referees or is that NFL where they just didn't play games because of the lockout uh, that's happened multiple times in multiple leagues like the I think NHL did replacement players one year where there's a lockout like the actual players refused to play so they brought in like semi-pros to play in their place. Uh, the NFL had the replacement refs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a threat, like whenever the uh, bargaining agreement is due, there's always like threat of a lockout. Maybe they did do that in the NBA where they just didn't play a year. Well, they, they played part of a year. Okay. And that was pretty recently. And there was like a lockout. And I, I remember it being talked about after I saw that, but I did that completely was erased from my memory for that was a actually couple re- years. That was recently. It was rather recently. I think it was like 10 years. It was around the time when the 76ers were like the worst team in the league. That wasn't too long. It had to be like 2015. No, it was around then because we were looking up the worst records in the NBA. And right around that time, there was all of a sudden a record that was, didn't quite add up to 82 games. And then in the blurb, it mentioned this was the lockout year, but I didn't uh, have any context behind the lockout. I just remember hearing things about it at all. Well, and maybe my, I'm just making this up, but speaking I feel of like hockey, I do remember that. My second and final thought for the week, I think the puck in hockey should be white. It should blend in with the ice. Do you know how thrilling that would be? That would add a whole nother dimension to the game of hockey. If even like because watching from TV and being in the stadium, it can be kind of hard to follow the puck around the rink. That's could you imagine if even could you imagine if even the players couldn't follow the puck and they're on the ice? That would be thrilling. Like if no one on the ice can find the puck and suddenly one guy does and he's uh, he's going down for a breakaway. That would, would be, be exhilarating. So stupid. I mean, it would be pointless to watch basically, but. Right. You have you no just watch a bunch on. of confused men on the ice. Well, that's essentially what you do. In, I do love watching hockey, but that's essentially what you do in hockey. When they're, I, yeah. when they're close to the goal and they're firing these pucks at like 100 plus miles an hour. You you cannot see the puck. And yeah, you just wait just, to see the goalie's reaction. 
essentially. Yeah, and then the sirens go off and whatnot if they're at home. No, I, I think I it would mean, be at least something to try out. Maybe in college they can test it out and see how it goes. You could do it for like the celebrity all-star game or whatever. It could be like the power-ups in uh, in backyard, like the backyard sports Back, series. Baseball. Right, they'd be like, oh, white too. puck. There was backyard hockey as well. Was there actually? There's a whole slew of backyard sports. Backyard well, basketball. Well, well, what was that guy? Pablo? Pablo Sanchez, you're Pablo thinking. Pablo Sanchez, that's mm-hmm. who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Legend of the game. He's definitely the best player in any game. Well, Lou, thank you for your final thoughts. And that just about wraps up episode eight. Do you have any last words? No, that was episode eight. Eight weeks already. Can you believe that, Mel? Two months. Yeah, I was actually looking at my like calendar today and and trying to figure out like what kind of episodes we could have coming up based on because like we got Halloween coming up, then we got Thanksgiving, then we got Christmas, then the New Year, and it's like that's four months away. That's only four episodes or something, four episodes oh, between yeah. each one. So I mean, it, it's coming up quick, and and I think we could do some fun things. And Lou, do do we want to mention anything about? Our children's book. I mean, I guess we could address that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do, do you want me to break the news or do you want to do the honor? You got it. All right. So uh, Big Dog Radio has has produced a children's book. All right. We were fed mm-hmm. up with the current uh, product that children's books seem to be. So we went out and we created our own. What is the tire? What is the title? Mel? Big Dog's Tire. It's Big Dog's Tire. And Big initially Dog's that was tire. a play on on satire. We wanted oh, big but, dog satire, but this but is a legitimate children's book. Not only a legitimate children's book, a coming of age and heart wrenching children's book. It is. And well, I think we should also mention about it is that, so we're going to sell these books. Uh, I don't think we've decided a price point yet, but mm-hmm. uh, all net proceeds from the books will be donated to uh, what is it? The children's cancer research fund. Yep. What is it ex- called exactly? Is that it? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll get more details on it. It is. I mean, we'll post it on our social medias. Yes, yeah, we'll post it. But it, it is along. going to support the, the research and um, like help support families that have children that have cancer. And I know we, we like to joke and have fun, but there are like serious things that happen in people's life. And, and we want to like be there to support. And also like that was kind of the, our idea behind this book, too, is like they, these people are writing bad books and making a profit so mm-hmm. what does that so, make us if, so, if we make a profit off of it so we'll write uh, a better bad book and not profit how about that that'll yeah. teach them yeah so we'll we'll keep everybody updated i think next week we'll go into everything about about the book and and it, just about the story behind like our hopes for the book but um yeah i, I look look forward to to seeing what happens with it Download, like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. At Big Dog Radio underscore. Big Dog Radio underscore. Thanks for joining us.